Hello, my name is Gemma Dransfield and I'm an equine vet and I catch up with Sophie Eden on this week's Beaver Pod talking about stress and burnout. I suffered from burnout after returning from maternity leave and I talk about how I identified the signs, what sort of help I asked for and how the support was invaluable in retaining me in profession. And I really hope that anyone else listening to this podcast finds this useful to help them too. I am Sophie Eden and I'm here with Gemma Dransfield, one of the other council members with me here today. And we're doing a special podcast for Mental Health Awareness Month. And we've been chatting about how it's quite common for us to struggle at times in equine practice. And Gemma has really kindly offered to share a time that she found difficult in equine practice. So hi, Gemma. Thank you very much for joining. And I'll, I'll let you tell us a bit about your story. Hi Sophie. Um, so yeah, thank you for asking me to speak uh, today. I was, um, when when we were talking about this um, on one of our council meetings, there was a real obvious time that I thought actually I would be quite happy to talk about and share because I do think it will a- affect a lot of people in equine practice. And I now know, um, now I look back on it and I've reflected on it since, that I probably did reach burnout within um whilst I was working and it was very closely associated with um me returning from work after my second maternity leave so um we'd had a big change at our practice we'd had quite a big changeover in um in management within the team whilst I was um off and I was coming back to take up take up the reins basically of managing the practice and um Within that, I, I was also coming back after not being at work for a year, and um, basically, as with clients, um, and I think you know other colleagues as well, people forget that you've not been at work for a long period of time, and that you'll just pick up exactly where you left off. Whereas actually, you know, you're, you've been out of out of practice for a long time. So um, I sort of got cracking. I'd, I'd done this before because I'd come back after my first maternity leave. So I'd, I'd come back and I kind of hit the ground running. Um, and I'd come back in the January of that year. Um, and it was by the September of the same year that I realized that, um, I just was not functioning. Um, so I got to the point where, well, first of all, I just was felt very unhappy at work, which was quite unusual for me because, Ultimately, I do like being a horse vet and I do like ambulatory work and I do enjoy what I do. Um, and it was getting to the point that gradually I'd started getting up in the morning and feeling like I didn't want to go in, which was I just put it down to it will get easier. Um, you know, I've got two very young children, a two year old and a um, not even uh, well, yeah, just and, and, a, and a one year old. So um, I still wasn't sleeping very well at night. So I had all these these cumulative factors um and it got to where I was struggling to organize myself I was getting behind with um things that I wouldn't normally get behind with like um clinical notes or information booking and things like that and um and then it felt like everything seemed much worse than what it actually was and I think the point at which I knew I was in trouble was where there were several nights when I would get home 
and I just started crying and I'm not that kind of person at all I'm really usually quite resilient and don't get upset and can be quite level-headed and logical about things but I would get home and I would I would want to cry and I didn't really if someone ever asked me what was making me upset I would say I don't know because really when I sat down and looked at it there was nothing really wrong with my situation or what I was doing and nothing that normally I wouldn't have been able to handle but in this situation I just felt like if I'd have continued and not I felt like I had to change something and if I hadn't stopped and changed something I thought I'm not going to be able to carry on I'm not going to be able to carry on being a vet in clinical practice I just felt like something was saying you have to change something if you're not happy you have to change it and there's only you that's got the power to do it so um what I first did was I sat down and I started writing down all the reasons why I wasn't happy or what was making me feel sad or dreading going into work and I, I sort of made a list of that. And then I asked to speak to, I work for a, um, a large corporate and I asked to go and speak to my direct manager um, and sit down with, with him. Um, so I think two, two guys and um, I just took in my notes and started explaining why I was so unhappy. And um, from someone that's normally quite a confrontational person, which I am, I never look, I always face confrontational discussions um, head on. I really struggled in that meeting. I, I mm. felt really vulnerable, um, really sad. Um, and normally I'm the one that's always there to argue a particular point in any meeting going. And Luckily, the people that I was speaking to have known me very well. I mean, I've worked at, this, at our practice um, at Minster for, um, I've just been there 15 years, actually, last month. So the people I work with know me very well. And um, they knew that it was very, very out of character for me to be like this. And I was very lucky. Um, I've, I've, To be honest, the meeting made me feel really valued because I felt really listened to and that they valued me and they valued me staying in the practice and doing what I do and they basically gave me an open door to say you tell us what you um what you would like us to do or what we can improve things with and um we will change it so um one of the big problems I had was um I wasn't actually doing a lot of the work that I was doing so I was working three days a week at the time and I mm. wasn't actually doing a lot of clinical work that I enjoyed. I was mm. picking up a lot of the, the fire engine work and a lot of the stuff that I'm not very interested in because I really like doing stud work. Um, so I said, this: I want to be doing this caseload. I want to be doing the stud caseload. So they said, and I said, I can't do that unless I work full time. But I don't want to work full time because my children are one and two, nearly three. Um, so what I decided what well, I went away actually from that meeting with time to sit down and think go right what can I get to work in my situation and actually what came out of that is still what I work now which is I started work at around about seven o'clock in the morning and I finished around about two or three to get all the stud work done mm. so I could pick up children from childcare, see them for a bit and then if I had to go back out at night when my husband gets in from work then um, that was doable now it it wasn't easy and it wasn't, it was still hard. I still got very stressed, but the fact that I was 
feeling like I was at home still for my children, doing the caseload I wanted to do and enjoying work more made a huge difference for me. And I work full time during the stud season now, but when the stud season ends, I then go, I actually drop a day. So I work flexibly on a day to day basis, but I also then work flexibly on an annual basis as well, depending on what, nice. what work needs doing. And that's been enough. That was enough to, to change my situation. Um, and I, I, I don't think the, um, I don't think that, I don't think the, the job changed. I don't think mm. the pressure changed. Nobody took a responsibility or role away from me to stop that feeling of not being able to cope. Mm. But clearly my mindset of going into the situation, having made a change, changed. Mm. Um, and I think it was probably the, the, a lot of it probably came from the frustration of not being happy in work because I felt like I was not doing what I wanted to do I think I was probably getting very frustrated in that and even doing still having to work hard and, and feeling like I've got a lot on my plate was fine because ultimately it was my choice to do that and I was doing what I enjoyed yeah yeah which um I mean thanks so much for sharing that with us Gemma I think there are so many points from that that I found really interesting and I suppose resonated with for completely different reasons I suppose going right back to the start like what you were saying about when you notice things weren't quite right I think that like forgetting to write clinical notes forgetting to call clients back like there are some really early warning signs that sometimes we just miss and it can be quite easy to be like oh but I'm busy or I'm tired or what have you and not necessarily pay attention to those signs at the start like would you say that looking back on it you can now sort of see a little bit earlier on where things were going wrong for you or where the stuff was getting difficult yeah I think I think so I think it was that's the thing it was a gradual decline it wasn't mm. one day I felt good and then the next day I didn't it was mm. it, it was it was hard going back to work because it is hard going back to work after maternity leave, but it, it is hard and I, I knew that because I'd done it before. But it was the the gradual, it's the gradual, like you say, forgetting things, but then that in itself becomes a huge problem and a huge, mm-hmm. that then adds on to your stress because then you feel, again, like you're failing, like you're not yeah. doing a good job because you can't even keep on top of, calling a client back so that <laughs> yeah. seems like it's so much bigger than actually you know if you just if I'm sure if that 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 client if I'd have said look I've got this on my plane I will I will ring you tomorrow they would be fine about it but then you start making things and and things start really chewing you up that that shouldn't mm. Mm. and um yeah I think one of the other things that I found amazing that you did, Gemma, is that like figuring out what it is that you don't like. I think so many times we can sit there feeling rubbish about our job, but not really knowing what it is. And I think trying to get really specific about what's going on, what we're finding difficult. And also, like you said, the awareness that it's not necessarily just work like there is always life outside of work whether it's kids or family responsibilities or like you know 
whatever, there are always challenges outside of work that can impact us. And I think you figuring out what you could try and ask for some control over in your job sounds like it was really pivotal to you then being able to move forward. I think that's a really good point, actually, Sophie, because control for me is a huge thing anyway. I'm a, I, I am like that anyway in life. Mm. And um, that definitely, I think that definitely was a huge thing about it. I had control of, um, I knew what work I got done to do. So I could then, I knew what um, sort of boundaries I had to work in in terms of child pickups and things like that. So I then, I then contro- had a full control over what I was doing that day. And actually, if that meant that that client had to wait until sometimes after five, I, I actually went out and AI'd mares later on in the evening if it fitted in around my schedule. None of the clients minded. Mm. They were, if I explained to them while they were doing it, they were like, yeah, just that's fine. You, If that works for you, that's that's fine by us. So I had some pretty understanding clients as well. Um, but yeah, I think controlling your diary, I think actually generally in all that's case and having worked in the practice where you don't have control over your own day, I, I find that even now I find that hard. If something's been put in there that I didn't know about that, that mm. now I find really tricky. So I think, I think control is a big part of knowing what you're doing in a day. And, um, you know, if you can have the ability to change that slightly because it's more efficient to do it a slightly different way, I think that that is, that's really important for just not getting annoyed, wound up and frustrated. And I, I think the, the, I, I, I've definitely taken that on since this, this period because um, the, the change for me worked and it's still working now because I'm still doing that work pattern today. And um, I, like, my girls are older now and the, the youngest has started school, they're still very young, but, um, you know, the, the, the situation's changed. And I think one of the things I, I felt like in that situation was that there was, it was never going to change. I was going to be mm. stuck like this. This was my working pattern forever. And I just was going to have to have this life of, of misery that was never going to get better when actually that is just not the case at all. If, you, if, if, if that's not right, then find something that is right because there will be something that is totally right for you and that will, will work for you, whatever that situation is. And it, it changes as you change because life changes so the stresses outside of work change and you have to change with those and then change work to fit in with that and that will that doesn't mean that you can't develop succeed or just or 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 progress it just means that you might have to do it in a different way and I I still do that now so if I get frustrated now if there's something that I think or if I don't have I like always like something to aim for so if if I now if I think oh don't really know what I'm aiming for I do sit down and go right okay where do where do I want to be what what am I doing now what can I change because if I carry on doing what I'm going to do I'm not going to have time to do something else that I might enjoy Mm. which um, is work related it's not yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah, I might enjoy going and sitting in a tea shop for the afternoon instead of working up that annoying dermatology case. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think, I suppose there's um, what you're talking about. I don't know if you've heard of the Karpman drama triangle before, but there's a part of that, which is, um, so they talk about sort of 
different aspects. So you can be a victim, a rescuer or a perpetrator. And that feeling helpless, stuck, like you've got no control over anything is really what that victim mindset is about. And when we talk about flipping that, it changes to like this empowerment dynamic. And then the role gets called the creator in terms of like you're the creator of your own solutions. And it really sounds like there was a sort of a bit of a flip of a switch for you to be like, actually, I've got to do something about this. And this is what I can go and do. And um, I guess what you talked about with that vulnerability for that conversation. And even though it was a conversation with somebody that you've known for years in terms of what you'd like for them, I suppose, what would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody listening to this that is like, oh, yeah, I get what Gemma's on about, but I'm really scared of having that conversation? I think you have to find, I think you have to have that conversation with someone that you trust. And that may not be your direct person above you. But I think um, I think you've got to try and find someone that you trust that you think that will that you will hear you out and that knows you because I think you don't want to be judged that you're not coping. I think mm. that that is um, a big thing that you don't want to feel like oh that person's just moaning again when actually so you want people it has to be someone that you you, you trust and that will hear you out. I think, but I, I also believe that most people that don't perhaps behave in the right way it's because they don't see it and I think some people just need it clearly explaining to them I am struggling I want to do this but I need help and actually then realize actually we we need to change something I think things can especially in the workplace things can be missed when they're not I like to believe, I might be wrong, but I might like to believe that most people that were sort of supposed to be managing people, if you said I'm struggling, would try and help. And if they can't help, then I would have probably, if I'd have not had that meeting, what would I have done? If I hadn't felt like I'd been listened to, I in a, within our business, I would have probably gone elsewhere. So mm. I just remembered actually while you were talking, the whole flip for me was at the Beaver Beaver Congress dinner. And I was sat, yes, I was sat with someone that's actually on our senior management team who has been in a similar situation. She'd gone back to work from maternity leave and she just said to me, make it work, Gemma. You're in control. It's It's your job. It's your career. You can make this work. And I thought, if she's done it, I can do it. And that's, yeah. that was the point at which I sat down and I saw her at the following year at Beaver Congress. And I said to her, thank you so much, because if you'd have not said that to me at the dinner when I was sat next to you, I, you really made me feel like I could do that. I could change it. And mm. I did change it. And now it's working. And she's like, see, yeah, I told you it would, it mm. would work. So um, that isn't like someone that I would, she's a, a, a small animal um she's responsible for all our QI and within our corporate. So she's not someone I would directly cross paths with. She doesn't know me that well, you know, so, um, yeah. So definitely even speaking to other colleagues within the profession that might be in a similar situation to you, I Mm. think could help because I think it's the realization of, yes, you're not on your own. Yes. You're, um, 
you can change this. You've got the power to do it and go ahead and do it. Sometimes is just enough. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's such good advice and that maybe if you're worried about going and having that conversation, reaching out to someone that you know for a bit of moral support or encouragement with it. And it sounded like this conversation really just, yeah, empowered you to then be able to go and have that conversation. And yeah, I think we would all really hope that people who are managing or in leadership positions within practice want the best for their team within the practice. Um, I know that there are maybe situations where people might not feel like that. And I suppose that's another challenge in itself, but you hope that people are striving to keep everybody healthy and thriving and allowing them to be the best they can be, whatever role they're playing in an equine practice. Um, And I think that's hopefully what we're all working towards and um yeah well thank you so much for sharing that with us Gemma did you have anything else you wanted to add I was just going to say if I, I my advice would be as well if you try and change it and it's not changeable go somewhere where it can be changed you don't have to yeah. you don't have to stay within that situation so there it may be that what you want to change to doesn't fit for the practice, for example, that you're working for, but I bet it'll fit in another practice with another team. So even if you, I was lucky, I got told, yes, of course, we can we can work with you in the realms that you want to work. But I'm fairly sure now, as I if I look back now, if I'd have been told no, I bet there would be another practice. It, it does work because I'm 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 doing it. But if um, mm it would be doable elsewhere and I think if you if if you can't change it in the situation you're in then look for another situation and 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 be and and be with other people that are like-minded to you that will support you and and realize what your value is because there will be places out there that will and you don't have to stay there and be miserable because life's too short yeah That's such a good point. And I think that is a great one to end on. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your um, busy but flexible schedule for us today, Gemma. I'm really grateful to you for that. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much. Thanks.